Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. celebration i wanted to wish everyone a happy fourth of july weekend i am still over in africa in zimbabwe ministering and speaking at our celebration zim location and uh, listen i want to remind everyone that next weekend is the big weekend i'm actually coming back tomorrow on monday and i'm getting geared up for the big celebration serve weekend so make sure that you sign up today it's going to be amazing weekend I'll be at our serve outreaches. I'll be speaking at our rally on that Saturday. And of course, I'll be speaking at all of our services this coming Sunday. So I'm looking forward to being back and getting back in the pulpit and everything. So listen, get ready. Sign up for serve day next weekend. I will see you then. All right, what's up, Celebration Church? How you doing today? You look good. And what an incredible church. How many are thankful to be here today? I want to welcome you, whether you are in the loft, whether you are somewhere else in the building, in the sanctuary. We're so glad you're here. I believe God has something incredible for you today. And I believe it can change your life. You know, we're part of an incredible church, and I'm glad to be a part of it. It's a, it's a great thing to be a part of a family, a family that's this large. And uh, man, I tell you what, my life is better because of it. How many of you know if you have a great church, if God raises up a great church, he also raises up great leaders. And I'm thankful for our leaders, our pastors, Pastor Stovall and Carrie Weems. So thankful for them and their influence in my life, my family's life. And I'm sure most of you are here today because of God using them to influence you and to help, help you and your family live a God-first life. And it's great to have my wife and my two kids with me today. I'm so excited to have them here. I tell you what, they are... Uh, We've been through a lot, been through uh, seasons and times when I didn't know if I was ever, if life was ever gonna be different. Didn't know if life was ever gonna move beyond where we were, but we you know what we came through, came through things, we've all been there. We've all been there, and I thank you. I, th- I thank them for helping me get to where I am today. I wouldn't be here without my wife, without my kids. I love them, Sarah, Jay, Caroline. I tell you what, family, family is so awesome. Family is so awesome, and, and maybe your family is scattered all over the world, or maybe your family is really small, or maybe you don't have any family, and it's just you. But you know what? We have a church family, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. I hope you had an incredible day yesterday, Independence Day. Just special for Independence Day. My wife cooked the greatest Italian meal I've ever had in honor of Independence Day. And I tell you what. Some of you, you look around and you're like, culture, the world, it's changing. I don't recognize it. I, I ha- might have some concerns, but let me tell you what. You might have some concerns, but as long as Jesus is still on the throne, we have hope. We have hope in our future. And I'm thankful that everything for us is ahead of us. God has a plan for our lives. You know what? Things change. People change. Circumstances change. Life changes, but God never changes. Jesus Christ always has been and always will be the hope of the world. So today, we have hope in Jesus Christ. So if you're here today, take hope. Take hope and turn to Judges chapter three. That's where we're gonna get our hope from today. Judges chapter three, it's, uh, you know, you always wanna know, what's the preacher, how long is this text? 
My text is two verses. In two verses, we're gonna sum up a guy's life at least as far as we know it. In Judges chapter three, verse 31, and in Judges chapter five, verse six. So turning your phones, turning your, turning your Bibles, turning your tablets. I believe God has something for us today. Can change our lives. One word from God can change your life. And if you need one word from God, I'm, we're gonna pray in just a moment and believe that he's gonna speak to you. And today's gonna be a day where you're never the same. Never, ever, ever the same. So in Judges chapter three, verse 31, we pick up, we'll give a little more backstory, a little context later, but this is a time in the midst of, as the, as the title of the book, Judges. It is after the children of, or after the Israelites had gone into the promised land, they got their land that God had promised them, they're in it, but they've yet to have their first anointed, appointed king, King Saul. So we're in that period of time where they have judges. You might have heard of a guy named Gideon, a lady named Deborah. Um, there were uh, others, Othniel, Ehud. And today we're gonna talk about Shamgar. Everybody say the name Shamgar. All right, so when we leave today, you can say you learned something. You learned a new name, Shamgar. So let's read and let's pick up right here in a time when Israel was back and forth, serving God, not serving God. Backsliding, oh God, we need your help. Lord, we can do it on our own. Oh, we need you again. Anybody ever been there before? And all the honest people said amen. We've all been there. And so let's pick up right here where they are, where Shamgar and his family, his nation are, in Judges chapter three, verse 31. After Ehud came, came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Talk about improbable odds right there, 600 to one. He, he took them out, he struck down those Philistines, and he too saved Israel. Next, next chapter, or two chapters later, Judges five, verse six. In the days of Shamgar, this is our little bit of context for us. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Let's pray today and ask God to do something special and custom made in our life today. Father, we thank you and we praise you, God. You're great and greatly to be praised. And God, we, we just wanna come to you today because we acknowledge we need you. We cannot do this without you. Father, there are things we can do, but God, you're, there are things that, are impossible for us to do and we need you, we acknowledge that. Father, we don't have to stay where we are today. It may be somewhat good, it may be somewhat bad. God, we don't have to stay where we are today. We can move forward in you and we pray and ask that you'd help us take those steps in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, all right. So, I used to be a missions pastor where I was before I came to Celebration Church. Two years ago, my family and I came down to Jacksonville and we served prior in Atlanta. I was a, a senior pastor for five years, and then prior to that, I was a missions pastor. I got to travel all over the world, do some pretty cool, pretty, pretty awesome things, lead, lead about 40 missions teams overseas, and, and really get to do some, some, some fun and, uh, I believe, impactful things in other people's lives. And one time, I had the opportunity to go to a, a, a country a little south of us, Cuba. Had the, so we were there legally, the, the right way, had, had the license and everything for all of you wondering, you know, you've all, you might have been illegally. We were there legally. 
And the great thing is we had an awesome time. We were there doing a baseball camp for some young men during the day and also for the, for the children. We were doing a, a vacation Bible school, a, a kids outreach, filling up a stadium. It was really, really cool week. And we were, uh, we were excited to get home too though. And so we, we, we hopped on the plane. We headed back from, from Cuba back here to the United States and we landed in Miami International Airport. Now, when we landed, it was, the landing was good, the landing was smooth, but then we, when we got just off the runway, I mean, before, we didn't go near the gate. We got just off the runway, kind of to the, the tarmac area, I think if I know my terms right. The plane stopped, just stopped right in the middle of the, of the, of the tracks. And you know what? There were these vehicles, these black tinted windowed Suburbans that encircled the plane. There was a U.S. Customs K-9 unit that came out. There were some other vehicles that circled our plane way far from the gate. And so we were all like, man, what's going on here? This is not a normal trip. This is not a normal trip back to the gate. So we, we stopped and they came on the plane and said, all right, everybody, we're going to deplane now and hop on that bus that you see outside of the perimeter of these vehicles. So we're like, okay, let's get our stuff. We hopped off the plane. We went and got onto the bus. And as soon as we were all there, everyone deplaned, everyone on the bus. As soon as we were all there, they come on the bus. Someone, someone comes on the, on the bus and my name's Jason. And they say, is there a Jason on this bus? <laughs> Two thoughts went through my mind. What are the odds of the FBI and the U.S. Customs asking for someone on the bus, and if someone doesn't raise their hands, they just say, oh, sorry, we made a mistake, we'll go somewhere else. That was my option, or my option was, you know what, if I don't raise my hand now, they'll find me later, and then it's gonna be uh, a little more challenging to explain why were you trying to, you know. So I raised my hand. Yes, Jason is on the bus. And so they said, sir, you need to please come with us. I hop off of the bus, and as soon as I step down onto the runway, this German shepherd greets me. <laughs> now, I had a German shepherd when I was a little kid. His name was Pete. He liked to chase squirrels and paw at butterflies. <laughs> he had a tail that was broken and dangled. This was not Pete greeting me off that runway. This was Cujo, and I am convinced that we were the same height. Cujo was looking at me with him next, next to him, a U.S. Customs official, and they said, all right, Jason, we need your, we need your passport. We need your, uh, your license of how you're in Cuba. We need your carry-on luggage. We already have your other luggage. And they started going through my stuff. They were flipping through my, my passport. They were checking, my, checking the, uh, the license. And they were also trying to begin to drill me the questions as Cujo was having, having his, uh, playing his game. And so... I was just sitting there and I was like, what is going on? You're just thoroughly confused. You're like, I know I didn't do anything. And in the back of your mind, this thought goes, oh no. One of those pranksters on my team, they tried to sneak some Cuban cigars in through my bags. <laughs> well, that wasn't it. Because I asked them. After they quickly told me, Mr. Bowen, you need to be quiet and let us ask the questions. So I said, okay, yeah, exactly. So I said, okay, 
And so then the, everything was kind of okay until the bus cranked up and I was looking at my friends on this trip and they were waving at me. <laughs> bye bye, Jason. We're going to get our bags and we're going back to Atlanta, we're going home. So you know what, I, it, I had a little bit of ease as long as they were there, but when the bus pulled off and they escorted me from that position all the way over to this blacked out suburban with a cage in the back, and I know Jason Bolin, easily confused with Jason Bourne, I understand, <laughs> I'm a pretty bad dude. I mean, look at me, right? I mean, like, I was thinking, what are they thinking? What, what have I done? What am I gonna do? Look at me. And so they escort me over to this car, and they're like, they're like, please get in. And I'm like, I wanna get on that bus. I wanted that bus over there. And they say, they're like, get in. And, they, and then they asked me, why were you waving at the people on that bus? And I was just like, I've been trying to tell you, I'm a missions pastor. I'm not a criminal. I haven't done anything wrong, can you, what's going on here? And so they walked away and they came back and they're like, sorry Mr. Bowen, we have the wrong guy. <laughs> we were hoping that you were someone else. And see, what I, what came, to, what I came to find out, now I, they didn't tell me this, what they told me was, is the guy shared a little more information than I thought he would, but he told me, he's like, yeah, we were looking for someone else, we were hoping you were the guy, but you weren't. I did the math, I did my research, I, I, I did some more reading, and, and the story, I, I'm pretty convinced, I'm really about 99% convinced that the FBI and the US Customs that day were looking, and they were, they were thinking that the, another guy who was on the number, was, was at the time number five on the FBI's most wanted list. And they, I believe they confused me with him. And the thing was, is you know what, they let me go. I beat my team back to the luggage holding. And so when they came down the elevator, I was waving at them. <laughs> I had my luggage, I was good to go. But there was a moment for a split second when I was processing in my mind, you know what, Jason, things may never change. You may be in holding for a long time. It may be more than a day or a week or a month. This may be years. You may not be able to prove that you are innocent as easily as they can prove that you are guilty. Of what? I don't know. But that thought was going through my mind. What if things never change? And this is how it is so often in life. We find ourselves in situations and in circumstances where we ask ourselves, is it ever going to change? Can it be different than it is today? Can my career, will it ever change? Will it ever be different? Will my marriage or my relationship with my children or, or my friends and family, will it ever change? Will it ever get better? Will my finances or my physical body, will there ever be change? Will I ever experience freedom? Will I ever experience healing? Will I ever experience anything different than what I'm experiencing now? Those are questions that we've all asked because the truth is, it may be a, a number 10 on the scale of one to 10 or number one, different scales of difficult and, and easy, but the truth is that we are all either just finishing a crisis or a troubled situation, we are in one, or we are about to go in one. The fact is we're constantly facing challenges, some difficult, some easy. We take care of them in a day or two. 
but we're constantly facing challenges in our lives and often we wanna know, is it always gonna be like this? They could ask similar questions back in the times of Shamgar. They could ask the question, is it always gonna be this way? Are we always gonna be in cap, you know, captives of the Philistines? Are we always gonna have to live life like we're living it right now? In, in Judges 3.31, it's an amazing story. It's an amazing story in one scripture of Shamgar who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. An ox goad is something that you, the, the, the front end of this eight foot long wooden pole, you, you, you prod the oxen with it. And then the back end has another little, like a metal piece that you knock off the dirt that's on the plow. So you're prodding the oxen and cleaning the plow. And this eight foot long pole, you're, you're constantly doing this right here. Shamgar struck down 600 Philistines with that tool right there. He was an obscure person named in two verses in the Bible. He was a farmer who was just doing, seemingly just going about his business. Yet times were tough for these guys. Times were difficult. Judges 5, 6, here's where we get a little backstory, a little context. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, see what it says. It says, the highways were abandoned. The highways were empty, they were abandoned, and travelers took to winding paths. Why would this be? Why would they take to winding paths? They would take to winding paths because there were criminals, there were thieves and robbers on this highway that were looting, that were stealing, that were, that were, they were being thieves, and, and people, there was, there was fear. There was fear in the nation. There was terrorism in the nation. And so people would have to take these side winding paths. And I, I got to thinking about it, I was like, this, this is representative for us of a picture, a representative of a picture for, for all of us. You know what, there was once a day that we could say, there was once a day that my life, my marriage was on the, the highway of life. There was progress, there was growth. We were moving forward and things were going good. In my career, I was on the highway of success, moving forward, free flowing, progress, day in and day out. And then something struck. Maybe fear came into my heart. Maybe I was isolated and lonely and, and started taking the winding path. The, I, I, I found myself on a road that was filled with much less hope. I found myself on a road that was filled with much less future in front of me. And, and maybe I was asking myself what the, what the Israelites could have been asking themselves, and that is, are things ever going to change? Are things ever going to be different than they are right now? I wanna encourage you of what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, in this, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will face difficulties. You will have to climb mountains. There will be obstacles. But take heart, be encouraged. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And we can take hope in that. We can take hope in this, that when Jesus went on the cross and into the tomb, we can look, go to that tomb today. I've been there with some of you in here that have went, traveled to Israel a couple of years ago. We looked in that tomb, and that tomb is empty. And Jesus, and the Word of God says that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead 
is the same power that lives inside of you and me. So Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter eight that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are able to overcome and move from the situation we are because he has overcome the world. He has the map from where we are to where we're going. He has the key to unlock the door once we arrive. He has overcome the world and he's waiting to lead us there today, right here and right now. Who's ready to go and do what God's called you to do? Who's ready to be just like Shamgar, this servant champion that's able to do things that influence your city, your nation, your world, and even your life and your family? Now, that's an exciting thing that we can take heart. But what else can we learn from Shamgar? What can we learn from him? So basically, he's this guy that's just a couple scriptures. He's a normal guy, an obscure person. What can we learn about his life? And here's what we can learn. Here's what we can learn from this servant champion about leaving the situation where we are, the daily situations, the life challenges, the tens on the scale, the ones and twos. What can we do to get out of those situations into the future that God has for us? Number one, do what you can. Oh, that sounds real simple, right? Do what you can, but how many of you know that's difficult? To do what you can, to take action, when it seems like you're always, anybody ever been in that place before where it seems like I'm always gonna be here, there's no use or there's no hope. If I take those steps, what's the use? It's always gonna be like this. It's a simple thought, but it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. See, do what you can, do what you can do. Don't focus on what you, what you can't do, focus on what you can do, because if you do what you can, God will do what you can't. If you do what you can, God through you, in you, all around you, he will do what you can't. See, Shamgar did not try to say, hey, I'm gonna wait until I'm able to round up thousands of soldiers to go fight this battle with me. He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm gonna do what I can. I'm gonna stand up for my family. I'm gonna stand up for my nation. I'm gonna be who God's called me to be. I'm gonna do what I can today. And he made a difference. He changed the world, he changed the nation. So you say, I'm, you know, if you're facing 600 to one odds, what in the world, how do you do that? One person at a time. You get out that ox goat and you take them out, one person at a time. Now we might not know about that, but what we do know about is this. We get really overwhelmed at times, and we look far into the future, and we wonder, are things gonna change? Five, 10, 15 years, is it always gonna be this way? Let me tell you this, how do we overcome? How do we walk through these, these challenges and difficulties? Here's what we do. We take one day at a time. Shamgar took one person at a time, we take one day at a time. The mission here, the vision of Celebration Church is to lead people to experience a God first life. I love that, I love that scripture in, in, in verse, verse 33 of Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. But listen to the next verse. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Remember that verse, John 16, 33? In this life there will be trouble. Jesus says, you know what? Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow, you, you can't do anything about it. Let's deal with today. Let's take one day at a time. And if you put God first one day at a time and you do what you can, 
you're gonna begin to see things happen in your life that never could have happened before, but if you do what you can, God will do what you can't. And we can take one day at a time. We can do what I, what we are called to do. We can take it one step, one day at a time. If you can, if you do what you can, God will do what you can't. Do what you can is the first thought. The second thought is, second thought is use what's in your hand. Do what you can and use what's in your hand. See, use what you do have. Use what you do have. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. See, you are not responsible for the gifts God didn't give you. You are responsible for the gifts he did give you. That's what we are responsible for. That's what we are called to do is to use what's in our hand. And see, the thing is, is Shamgar, he didn't have a sword. He didn't have a spear. He didn't have a shield. In fact, he probably would rather not have had that because he had an ox goad. He knew how to prod the oxen and clean off the plow. But you know what, when it came to it, he was familiar with this big eight-foot-long stick. He was familiar with it so much so that he was able to wipe out the enemy in his life and bring hope and a time of prosperity to his family and to his nation. How many of you remember, how many of you are children of the 80s? Let me see your hands. How many of you were alive during the 80s? How many of you remember one of the greatest movies ever produced, the, the movie The Karate Kid? Yes. There were four words in that movie. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna point to you in a minute. I'm gonna cue you and you're gonna know what to say. But remember Daniel's son, huh? And Mr. Miyagi. So Daniel's son was being picked on. Daniel was being picked on in, in, in school and in his new place where he lived. And so he wanted to learn how to take these bullies out. Mr. Miyagi was like, hey, hey, I'll help you out. Come on over here. And so he's like, yeah, I wanna learn how to do what you do. And so basically, through a series of training and events, Mr. Miyagi, the, the, the martial artist who was teaching Daniel, basically what he said is, I've got some things for you to do that might be different. So he had him doing all kind of chores and tasks. One of them that he had him do was, man, you guys are good. You are really good. Let's try that one more time. Exactly. That's what Mr. Miyagi had Daniel do, wax on, wax off. And this was just really annoying to Daniel because he wanted to learn how to, he really wanted to learn how to take care of his bullies. And he couldn't figure out what in the world does this have to do with my, with my bullies? What does this have to do with this menial, tedious tasks? What does it have to do with what I'm doing? But what he didn't realize was he, Mr. Miyagi was conditioning him to be able to block those punches and block the attacks and able to defeat the enemy, that, uh, the bullies that would come at him. Shamgar was able to take that thing that he used every single day for menial, tedious task of farming and, and to prod the oxen and to clean the plow. God wants you to use the menial, tedious tasks that you have every day. Some of you, I mean, 
I'm a staff pastor, maybe you're a teacher, a lawyer, an electrician, a doctor, a plumber, a musician, an athlete. I don't know who you are and what you do, and you may look and say, I'm tired of these menial and tedious tasks, but that may be the very thing that God uses to propel you into everything he has prepared for you and your family and this community, and maybe even the nation and the world. But it requires us, it requires us to do what we can and to use what's in our hand. There may be one day you just wake up and look at that. God used that thing that I've done for the last 20, 30, 40, five years. And I thought, why in the world am I doing this? And that's the very thing he uses to turn things around in my life. See, God is preparing you for all he has prepared for you. He's preparing you right now for everything he has prepared for you. See, here's the deal. Right now, God is not, the reason you may not be in the situation you wanna be in or experiencing the blessing in your life that you wanna experience or the health, the reason is not because God's out front working on the destiny and working on the plan. That's already done. What he's doing is he's working on you and me. That's already set. That's already ready. So if we will do what we can and use what's in our hand, thought number three that we have to do is have faith in God's plan. Have faith in God's plan. See, the Bible says that faith without works, faith without a corresponding action, faith without obedience is dead, it's useless. But listen to this. It also says, the writer of Hebrews says this. It says that it is impossible to please God without faith. So there's some things that you can do but you know what, there's gonna be some things that you can't do, and you're gonna have to rely on God. And you're gonna have to say, God, I don't know the answer, I don't know how to accomplish this, I don't know how to do this, I need you. I'm gonna have to rely on you. I'm gonna have to rely on your custom plan for my life in the strengths and abilities you've given me, and I'm gonna have to rely on your corporate plan that you've given all of us to live a life of love and obedience to God's word. And the thing is, if we'll do, what's, do what we can and use what's in our hand, that gives us the opportunity to sit back and say, you know what, when I've done all, I stand. I stand and I, I allow God to work his plan and, and do the things he wants to do in my life and through my life. And see, the, the fact of the matter is, is that God raised up people who were insignificant, messed up, they had troubles in their life, they were weak, but he raised them up to do great things. See, God can do more in the lives of people who admit their weakness than he can in those who boast in their strength. God can do more when we just admit, God, I can't do it. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if I can do anything significant. On that point right there, let me tell you something. Do what you can, use what's in your hand, something right now. I wanna encourage you, maybe to take out your phone right now. They're gonna put up on the screen how you can do something that you can, how you can use what's in your hand, and you can join us next Saturday. Thousands of us at Celebration who are gonna go out into this community and take the love of Jesus Christ to a world that, man, isn't this perfect timing? Isn't this perfect timing in our culture, in our world, for them to see the love of Jesus, the love of a church? They can put ourselves out of the way and say, God, this is about you and your people. So what you do is there, you, you text your name and your email to that phone number.
Just text your name, your email, maybe your family. Maybe you wanna put several in there and your email. That will, you will get a reply back at some point and you will be able to choose, you'll be able to choose the, the outreach choice that they give you. There's several there that you're gonna get to choose. And then they will be back in touch with you to, to just give you more details. So on your way out today, so you fill that thing out, you text that in. You text in your name, text in your email, so you can be a part of influencing Jacksonville, influencing Orlando, influencing Northeast Florida and Central Florida for Jesus Christ. Let's be a part of that. It's gonna be an awesome day. We're gonna get through some incredible things. God's gonna do incredible things. And all it requires from us is just to do what we can. Do what we can and use what's in our hand. And God has a plan. He has a plan with what we do and he can change the world. He can change the world. So you're gonna get to grab your t-shirts on the way out. You're gonna get a, a serve day t-shirt. Get to wear it next Saturday right here at eight o'clock when we meet here at the arena next Saturday at eight or this Saturday, eight o'clock. We're gonna come back together. But let me tell you something. You may look at yourself right now and say, you know what? I'm just an ordinary person that can't really make a difference. Let me tell you something. If you, if you do what you can and you use what's in your hand, God has an extraordinary plan for you. The facts may say that we can't, we can't do a lot of good, but the truth of God's word says, nothing is impossible for those who serve Jesus Christ. The facts may be, the facts may be that the world is dark all around us, but the truth says that Jesus is the light of the world. The facts may say that we're facing obstacles and challenges in our life right now, but the truth says that we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. Why don't you stand up on your feet and put your hands together today. We're gonna pray. I wanna read a scripture for you before we pray. I love what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse nine. It says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, not because we were qualified enough, not because we earned it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time. That was his plan. That's what he had planned for us, to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that God has a plan for your life today? I believe most of us in this room either do or would love to have the faith to believe that. But I wanna challenge you to take a look at your life and say, you know what? I might have said, I don't know how I'm ever gonna get out of the, the situation, the relationship, the, the problem, the, the illness. I don't know how, I'm ever, how things are ever gonna be different. But today, God's word encouraged you. And you realize, you know what? It may not happen in a day. And it's gonna require that you take steps. And that's where you wanna ask for God's grace and strength to give you steps, to step out of, to step in the direction of Jesus. To take those steps, you need the grace. You're a believer, you love God, but you need his grace today to overwhelm you, to maybe take that first step toward him, to experience life of freedom. How many say, I need that grace today. I need that, I need that presence of God that touched my life today. I want you to pray for me. Let me see your hand. Thank you for your honesty, your boldness. Thank you for all the hands. I wanna pray with you. Father, we thank you. I thank you for all that you've done in our lives today. Well, every person that's raised their hands in this room, God, it's because they need you. 
They need you to, God, do something in their life they can't. God, as you give them the grace and strength to do what they can, to use what's in their hand, God, to take those first steps, God, you will do what they can't. Grace and strength, God, overwhelm them today. In Jesus' name. There's one other thing, though. See, for some of you here today, the facts are this. The facts are, you're like me. You don't deserve the love of Jesus. You can never earn it because you've already missed the mark. The facts say that you can't have a savior that would live and die and be raised for you so that you could live forever with him. The facts say that, you know what, we're not good enough for that. We're unqualified and undeserving. That's what the facts say. But the truth is, exactly what it says in 2 Timothy, that Jesus Christ saved us. He had a plan from before the beginning of time, knowing that we were gonna be messed up and miss the mark and, and fail at times. He knew that was gonna happen, that we weren't gonna be worthy or deserving Yet he still had a plan and he still paid the price so that we might have life and eternity with him through the grace of Jesus Christ. And some of you, you, wanna, you you've made a fresh start with Christ in the past. You've, made, you've had a fresh start in your life and you, you've walked away from it. You're not, you haven't been serving God and, and you know you, today's the day. Today is your day to, to make a fresh start with him. Some of you, you have never done that. You're here. And today you're like, you know what? I'm gonna make this decision today. I'm gonna follow Jesus today for the very first time. I want a fresh start in my life because I need God to do some things I can't do, but I'm willing to take a step toward him today and do what I can. If that's you, you wanna say, I want a fresh start today. I need a fresh start with Jesus Christ today. Let me see your hand. Just raise it up. All I'm gonna do is pray with you. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, hold those up. It's just, it's just you and God right now. Thank you for your honesty and your boldness. Now listen, everybody, everybody in the house, pray this with me right now. Let, let's hear, those that raise their hands, let them hear us praying with them. All right, say this with me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus, that died for me. I need forgiveness of my sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that your son, Jesus, rose from the grave and he lives today, and I call him Lord, and I need a fresh start. So I take that first step to serve Jesus. Today's my fresh start, and today I'm a believer. In Jesus' name, amen. Won't you put your hands together for the eternal work that Jesus did today, and eternal work he did in our lives. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.